Hello everyone and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm sports editor Will Clark, your host with the most, and joining me... Andrew Henderson. That was a lot of effort for that payoff. It's a bit different when I'm not the first voice you hear. How's life treating you in Dingwall? Ah, it's not too bad. We're just getting on with things and, and keeping up with the latest news from across the Highlands in sport. See what I did there? That's very professional. It was very professional, yeah. Are you looking forward to legally travelling across the country? I'm not suggesting you have been illegally travelling across the country. No, only for essential purposes. I mean, we've been covering matches, so we've been getting out and about, especially last weekend. We were pretty much at the other end of the country. We can't get much further away than that. But yeah, it'll be nice just to be able to get out and about and see people again. I I don't know when I'm going to be doing that, but it's nice to have the option, isn't it? I know, I know. It's one more step on the road to freedom. And speaking of one more step on the road to freedom, you're looking quite dapper after finally getting your hair cut last week. Oh, I felt like uh, John Simpson when he ran through the streets of Kabul in 2002, telling the people of the city they were liberated from the Taliban. It was, it felt that good. That is some analogy. You okay? That's that's where we're starting today's show. Brilliant. I tell you what, five months without a haircut. I'm not usually one that enjoys going to the hairdresser, but it was some feeling last week. Five and months. It, that's nothing, Will. That's nothing. I know, chick, you head and shoulders. (laughs) I haven't had a haircut since before the first lockdown, and this is also far too much rambling about nothing in particular for the start of the show. (laughs) I know. This is not why people are listening. Let's, or maybe some are. Let's go on to the show. Well, we just start a health and beauty podcast instead of a sports one. That'll be fine. We're qualified to do that, right? Well, just as qualified as to do a sports podcast, I guess. (laughs) Well, on a sporting note there, I mentioned last weekend, well, you were at Kilmarnock for Ross County's game down there. I was in Dumfries for Cali Thistle's trip to Queen of the South. Shall we start with Cali Thistle since they've got a match this weekend as well? It was uh, an okay point for them, probably better in terms of the league table than it was as a performance. They weren't at their best, they admitted as much themselves, but they got a point. They're still, even after Tuesday night's matches, in the playoffs. It's not looking too bad for them for the end of the season, is it? Yeah, I, I'm looking at the results during midweek, and to be, the, the big thing for Cali Thistle now is their fate is back in their own hands. Did you watch the Dundee Dunfermline game? I had it on. I can't say I was paying full attention to it the whole way through. You didn't miss much. It was like watching Creosote dry. It really deserved nil-nil. And it just given me a lot of confidence that Cali Fissel will finish in the top four at the end of this regular season. Dunfermline are just in free fall at the moment. Uh, might be a bit silly to say because they got a point out of it and they got a point out of Hearts, but there was absolutely zero threat from them up front. And it's just a shadow of the team that uh, Dunfermline were at the beginning of the campaign. The first day of the season, they beat uh, Cali Fissel 3-1 and... How many games have they gone without a win now? Quite a few, isn't it? It's just night and day from how good they were at the start of the season. Dundee as well. Cali Fissel got a big game against them on Tuesday. They have shown nothing for Inverness to be scared about. 
I reckon Califizzle could finish in third place, no bother at all. Because what I've seen, they're a better team than Dundee. They're a better team than what Dunfermline are now. I always thought Queen of the South would be the biggest... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Challengers. Challengers, there we go. Because they are a good team, but they lost 1-0 to uh, Rafe Rovers on Tuesday night. And given that they're still only three points behind, but... Califistle are 17 goals better off on goal difference now. So they kind of got a joker to play against Queen of the South, I suppose. The Fermilin are still only two points behind. But like I said, they were so awful on Tuesday night. I can't see how the Fermilin are going to deserve being in the top four. They've got Queen of the South and then a home to a Broth and away to Alawa in the final day of the season. So on paper, it looks like they've got the easiest run in. Yeah. But on in terms of form, I can't see them making the playoffs. So it's Inverness, it's all in their hands. Inverness have Dundee at home, Hearts away, and then Air United home on the final day of the season. I can easily see them beating Dundee and Air United, no problem. Depends what kind of mood Hearts are in. That's their trophy lifting night, isn't it? But is it, are they going to be demob happy? Is it the last day of school for Hearts? Is it the big party afterwards? Are they really caring about the result? That could play into Inverness's uh, favour. I thought a point at Queen of the South wasn't a bad result. It could have been better, but I don't think it was a bad result because Queen's are a good team. You were at the game. You, did you feel a draw was deserved? Yeah, I think so. Both goalkeepers were worked, but neither of them had particularly difficult saves to make. So it, it was a pretty even game. Both teams had spells where they were going forwards. Yeah, I think 1-1 at the end of the day is fair. Cali Thistle, like I say admittedly weren't at their best so they'll be thinking like you mentioned earlier with the goal difference between the sides the important thing really was just not to lose and not to concede that ground you know long term it's one of those you say you've got Dundee and they've got Hearts that is two huge games for them I'm with you I think they can beat Dundee as well but it's one of those if they don't things could swing massively the other way again and it might be that this kind of draw at Queen of the South is what costs them at the end of the season you put out a question on Twitter, uh, I think just before the games kicked off on Tuesday night, asking what results Callie Thistle would have wanted. I think with Wraith Rovers winning on Tuesday, second place is gone for them now. Wraith have got Alloa on Saturday, and if they win that, they're going to be nine points clear by the time Callie Thistle next play a league game, and Callie Thistle would only have three games left. So the best they can probably hope for right now, realistically, is third place and beating Dundee. You never know. That in itself might even be enough, as you say, the way Dunfermline are going. It's set up for an exciting end to the season. We could probably touch on the playoffs in the coming weeks, to be honest with you. But there's also the Scottish Cup game against St Mirren. Eight games unbeaten now for Cali Thistle. St Mirren, I think I was seeing, have won two of their last ten after being a really impressive outfit for a good few months there in the Premiership. Cali Thistle have got to believe they can win this and keep the momentum rolling, don't they? I wouldn't rule out Cali Thistle uh, winning in Paisley tonight, although I do think St Mirren are a bit of a step up than Ross County. We've got to remember St Mirren were only denied a place in the top six on the final day of the season. Uh, it was a 1-1 draw with Hamilton, and then St Johnson actually scored a late winner against Ross County to seal their place in the top six. The thing about St Mirren is they've never been in danger of, of going down this season. They might be putting all their eggs in one basket now and thinking, you know, Scottish Cup is going to be our best chance of success this season because they, they they have been deflated. 
not making the top six because it looked more than likely that they were going to finish above St Johnston. And I think they did take a bit of a knock as a result of that. And they got to the semi-finals of the League Cup as well, if I remember right, when there was only like four teams left and one, there was no old firm left. I think they had great designs of winning that competition. They knocked Rangers out of the quarter-final, remember? The only team in Scotland that's actually beaten Rangers this season. So in knockout football, they're a pretty decent outfit. But if Cali Fissel play the way like they did against Ross County and uh, Greenock Morton, of course, there's a difference between the two teams, don't rule out another upset tonight. The thing is, Cali Thistle have obviously got a great history of getting big upsets in the Scottish Cup. And even the last couple of years, two years ago, they were down at Hampton in the semi-finals against Hearts. Last season, they made it to the quarterfinals against Hibs. They're used to getting to the latter stages of this competition. And earlier this week, I was chatting to a man that's synonymous with Cali Thistle and the Scottish Cup, James Vincent, about their chances in this match and what he's made of St Mirren this season. You've always got to go in the cup games thinking you can win. We know St Mirren have had a good season this year, narrowly missed out last, I think it was the last game in the pre-split. So we know they've been they've been decent. I've watched them a couple of times. They play football the right way. Jim Goodwin seems a really good manager. So we know it's going to be a tough game, but we've done it once and we're looking to do it again. We just need to gear up, get ourselves sorted. And we know we've got the quality in the team. And if we stay tight on the day, that we think we can compete with the majority of teams. There's just an affiliation with, with the club. And the cup, we've always done well. It's always kind of had that sort of motivation and that drive to try and perform and, and do well for ourselves, the club, the fans, because we know how important it is to a club like this. Financially, it's fantastic. For the boys, it's brilliant. That's what you want to do. You want to go and win stuff. And, and for the club, that's where they want to be. They want to be competing at the higher end of competitions and they want to be competing in the higher leagues. So that's the name throughout the whole process for the club and something that, fortunately, everyone unites and does the same thing. We were talking a little bit about the playoffs earlier on. This could be a chance for Cali Thistle to just show even more, even after the Ross County game, that they're more than capable of mixing it up with teams in the Premiership and that they're a real challenger for promotion this year and then potentially to do relatively well next season. They have to look at this not just as a chance to get through in the Cup, but also to sort of lay down a bit of a marker for what could be possible in the coming weeks and even potentially into next season. That's what Neil McCann and David Carson said in the press conference at Cali Fissel this week. They want to make a statement because it's their intention to try and get back into the Premiership next season. And they've given themselves a fighting chance of doing that. Part of me also says, is it a bit of a distraction for Cali Fissel in their quest to find a playoff? The Scottish Cup, it'd be financially rewarding reaching this stage of the round. It could be worth even more money in the next round. But given the turnaround is, what, four days now? and there's a chance of players getting injured, that sort of thing. In the long term, do Inverness really want this game? For me, and I'm sure there will be fans out there that agree with this and fans out there that don't agree with this, I think this is a no-lose situation for Cali Thistle. If they do get knocked out of the cup, then they can fully focus on the last few games in the league and hopefully the playoffs after that. They'll have a little bit more time to rest up between matches because we know that's been difficult for them to come by over the last three months. But if they get through, it's keeping that winning momentum going. It's extending their unbeaten run. It's keeping that feel-good factor around the club. It's showing the quality that they have in that squad and just boosting the confidence of the players all the more to say, we can go and mix it up with a Ross County, with a St Mirren. 
and they should be able to then take that into the league games and kick on again because a mark of this undefeated run has been winning ugly and that stems from self-belief and if they go and get a result against St Mirren it's going to have an impact in terms of fitness might be injuries picked up along the way but it's just going to reinforce that mindset that they deserve to be there and they can go all the way and get promotion this season when that really didn't look likely a few weeks back. Neil McCann did see in the conference, uh, he was delighted that the game was brought forward to Friday. He said they were probably looking at a late morning kickoff if it was played on a Saturday. But it also gives them uh, an extra day to rest for the rest of the league campaign. At the end of the day, it's another chance to prove how good they are and test themselves against top flight opposition for them to find out if they do get promoted, find out if they are good enough to stay a premiership club. I'm, I'm just thinking in the long term, what's the bigger prize? The next round of the Scottish Cup or making sure your players are fully fit going into the playoffs? Because there are going to be a number of players that are injury doubts for the game. Uh, Neil wouldn't say who they were, but there's going to be some late decisions made. However, Cali Fissel love the Scottish Cup. There's no denying that. You know, you just look at the teams they've beaten, the runs they've gone on. The one thing Neil said in the conference is he hates the term free hit. To him, there's no such thing as that. With Rangers and Celtic also playing each other this weekend in the fourth round, he says there's a chance for smaller clubs to dare to dream almost in um, making the semi-finals or the finals. So don't get me wrong, when the players going on pitch, they are going to go and try and win the game. And uh, it'd be great to have another trip to Hamden. You say another. I wasn't at that one. <laughs> you have to ask me along this time. <laughs> but you also mentioned Dave Carson was on the press conferences for Cali Thistle this week. It's been a good few days for him. He was named Championship Player of the Month and news came out that he has signed a new contract with Cali Thistle. Well, you were talking so highly about him last week. That's that's a real coup almost for Cali Thistle to tie him down long term. A three-year deal until 2024, and it's a fantastic deal. And uh, being named uh, Scottish Championship Player of the Month for March, well-deserved. I don't think anyone can argue with it to anyone that's seen his performances. The big thing for me was him moving from midfield to fullback and how well he's adapted. He's been fantastic in defence at the same time, turning from fullback to wingback and creating chances for the, the attack. Uh, who can deny him that um, award? I've said it uh, last week. He could be my contender for player of the season, even though he missed the first half of the campaign. Since he's come back, I think he's had the biggest impact of any player at Inverness. The only other guy that I could think for player of the season at the moment is Scott Allardyce. He's been a fantastic engine in midfield. Uh, and maybe the reason why Carson didn't get into the, the team during the first part of the campaign, but he's certainly made his mark now. And uh, he's got to be vital for, for the remainder of the campaign. You never know, he could be the guy that gets Cali Fissel up. You never know indeed. And certainly he's been a, a very important part of that back line over the last wee while. We talked about his performances. I don't think we need to go over all of them individually again. But one of them obviously that did stand out was the cup game against Ross County, who don't have a match this weekend because they lost that game in the cup. Well, you, as I said earlier, were at their game against Kilmarnock last time out. What did you make of it? Because looking at it from afar on social media, those early goals, I didn't really know what to make of it. Was it a good performance to get a 2-2 draw? Should they be disappointed not to come away with more? Or were they really fighting back to get something out of it? 
It was a crazy first 60 minutes. They went to one nil behind after two minutes, 27 seconds. But two minutes later, Michael Garding equalised. And then 15 minutes, Kilmarnock regained the lead. It was a crazy 15, 60 minutes. And it was a bit sloppy at the back. They'll be disappointed how they conceded the goals. Kilmarnock were the better team in the first half. But second half, Ross County showed that they were up for the fight. They dominated the first 15, 20 minutes and uh, deservedly got their equaliser with uh, Alex Echeveti's first goal of the season. Uh, but the two players that really stood out for me was uh, Jason Naismith and Carl Tremarco, both tearing down the wing, flinging balls into boxes. Michael Garday managed to finish one off, as they did Echeveti. But there were a number of other chances uh, for Ross County to take the lead as well. But the great thing was, after watching them against St Johnston and Cali Fissel, I think it'd be fair to say there was a bit of lack of fight about them. But that certainly wasn't the case. Uh, I think they've probably looked at the tapes and thought this wasn't good enough. And uh, they could have won the game. They've created plenty of chances, although they could have lost the game. Ross Laidlaw pulled off a superb save from Chris Burke in injury time. I, I, it was a good result for me because Hamilton Academical, they lost uh, 1-0 to Dundee United. So that's them, three points behind, four games to go. It, it, the good thing for County, it's still in their hands. I still think Kilmarnock are a real danger to leapfrog in County, but their fate's in their own hands. Certainly, it seemed to be more than enough to convince John Hughes, not that he would go and throw everybody under the bus and say we're doomed when they're sitting 10th, but there certainly seemed to be enough to convince him that there's more than enough to keep them up. You mentioned Carl Tremarco there. That was his first match back from injury, I believe. He's played a pretty important role for County when he's been fit since Josh Reed left in January. Hughes has also been talking about turning to his more experienced players. Obviously, Tremarco is one of them. And another one that you've already mentioned, Will, was Michael Gardine. So here's what Yogi had to say a little bit earlier on this week in the press conferences. They're clever enough to know what's at stake. And every other team in our position will be saying the same thing. So it's what happens on the day. But if I get out here and what they gave me on Saturday, then we'll not be too far away. I've got I've got trust in them and confidence in them. They're a hard-working bunch of boys. There's one or two things that we have to improve on. We'll work on that on the training pitch. And hopefully that'll set us in good stead for the St. Man game. If you looked at our team on Saturday, I went with the, the most experienced team that I can players that have been there, done it, and got that experience in games. Uh, and it'll not be too far from what we have to do for now at the end of the season. Every game's different, and you have to change your shape for the strengths and weaknesses of the opposition. But everybody will have a part to play, and I keep saying that. But it's important right at this time of the season that we'll all stick together. More important than non-playing players, the substitutes. You know, they, they can't feel sorry for themselves, feel hard done by. They have to be a great teammate, a good supporter of their teammates, because it might be someone that's felt hard done by, not getting a game, goes on the last 10 minutes and gets a tapping on the back post to keep us in the Premier League. And that's the motivation that we're using. You know, let's stick together, let's help each other, and you'll have a part to play. What do you think, Will, based on what you saw last weekend, if they play like that for the rest of the season, have they got enough to stay up? They play like they did in the second half of the game. They've definitely got enough to stay up. Uh, plenty of fight. They really took the game to Kilmarnock. I'll be honest, I thought Kilmarnock would have won that game, just the way that uh, both clubs were playing, and especially Ross County were playing, because I was so disillusioned with how they performed against St Johnston and Cali Fissel. But 
if they take away that um, crazy first 15, 16 minutes, even before they scored one in between Kilmarnock's two goals, they showed there's plenty of fight in them. So the Stalkers can't stay up. It's going to be really close. But Hamilton will finish bottom. I'm pretty sure of that. Who finishes 11th? I'm still not sure. It, I think it's too close to call. I think it'll go down to the final day of the season. Hughes has been saying that pretty much since day one, since he came into Ross County. Sarah, they don't have a match this weekend, but well, you were also talking to Carl Tremarco and Ross County's academy head, Gordon Duff, earlier on this week. They've basically just been chatting about how the last year has gone under the pandemic, training kids and how that's been going for them. Yeah, Carl Tremarco, now head of youth at Ross County. Um, I had to, I had to um, offer my apologies. I, didn't, I never realised that um, he was appointed to that role. But uh, yeah, I got a chat with him and Gordon um, Duff about the difficulties they faced during the lockdown, how to keep kids motivated and just continue their development. And uh, it was a really interesting chat. It's hard enough working over Zoom calls in an office setting, never mind trying to keep uh, staggy stars of the future motivated. But they seem to have done a great job. Um, they also um, came up with an app to help with uh, workouts and training programs. So it was just a really good discussion just to find how they use technology to keep things going because that's the thing with the pandemic. There's a danger of a lost generation of footballers, but uh, they've done their best to make sure that doesn't happen. And they're just really pleased to see the kids back on the training pitch. And uh, hopefully they can start playing games soon like they used to. You can read all about that in this week's Rosher Journal. There's, I think, a full page, Will, isn't there, of stuff coming out of that chat that you had with the two of them. So go and check that out. It's really interesting. You know, you don't often hear too much about the behind-the-scenes workings of the youth setup. It's always great to see guys coming through, but you don't often hear about how it happens. So it's a nice little insight into that. Staying in football, but moving away a little bit from Ross County, there's been some news coming out of Clackney-Cudden this week. It's not often we've been able to say that over the last few months. When the Highland League got called, I got in touch with their manager, Jordan McDonald, and he said it allows them to plan for next season and start to talk to guys about who's going to stay at the club and who's going to potentially leave the club. They've been pretty busy this week, Will, with contract extensions. This week and last week, um... They've managed to keep a number of established players, such as Martin Callum and Ryan McIntosh, but also sign up some of their own stars of the future because anyone in Highland football knows what a fantastic academy Clackney couldn't have. So it's great that they've been able to keep uh, those players on the books because, let's face it, it's been a long time since Clackney couldn't have had anything to cheer about in the Highland League. I think 2013 was the last time they finished in the top half of the table. But at the same time, in the last few years, their youth team is arguably one of the best in the Highlands, you know, regularly competing for the North of Scotland League Championship. So that's been their philosophy because they're not as financially well off as some other Highland League clubs. So they have to rely on their youth system. And it's great to see um, their guys getting some new deals. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to shine when the Highland League starts. Yeah, we don't really know the details about next season yet, do we? But we're looking forward to it and everything's moving in the right direction. Um, we should be in level zero by then. It will allow Clark to cut in up to 2,000 fans in their stadium. But so it's fantastic to see. And I hope fans do come out 
and, and support these kind of clubs after the pandemic because it's just been rubbish without them. Yeah, it's definitely been vast than ideal, and that's putting it very lightly. Um, but moving away from football, there's been some sad news that was in the actually the news section of the Inverness Courier last week in Pool. Will, you've been finding out a little bit about how that's going to have a knock-on effect on the Highland Tour. Yeah, the Highland Pool Tour, the organisers have decided to rename the series in honour of Gavin Phillips, who sadly passed away last month. Um, there was a fantastic tribute to him last week on the day of his funeral when it passed the Chieftain Hotel in Inverness and uh, all the pool players congregated with social distance in mind, of course. They all held their pool cues aloft as the cortege drove past. It was a really powerful picture, but such an emotional tribute. And uh, the organisers have decided to rename the tournament after uh, Gavin, who is a former world champion. So just a, a fantastic gesture, and one that's applauded by everyone, not just in pool, but everyone that knew him. So well done all. Yeah, there's not many more appropriate people to name the tour after him with all that he's accomplished in pool. And hopefully it's something that his friends and family will appreciate and look kindly on because it's a show of respect and it's it's quite a, a touching, I think is the word I'm trying to think of, way of doing that and showing that respect. And uh, the Highland Pool Tour, because of the pandemic, it, it probably won't start until the start of 2022. According to David Masson, who's the co-founder of the series, but when it does, um, I think it'll be celebrated across the north, and uh, I, I don't think there'll be one person that's against it being named after Gavin Phillips for everything he's done in North Pool. No, at all. We talked a little bit last week about a couple of cup draws in Shinty. There's been another one this week because they're just getting out the entire schedule for the season. Oh, fair play to them. It's the Ballymore Cup draw this time around. It's quite a big match for Inverness Bay Shinty players. We talked about the Badenoch derby last week. There's an Inverness Shire derby this week. Yep. Uh, Glenocker have drawn against Bewley in the first round. Uh, the game will be at Blair Beg Park on the 24th of July. And hopefully um, fans will be allowed back into the ground. So there's only 15 miles between Drumna, Drocket and Bewley. So it'll be a short drive down. I just hope uh, it gets a good crowd. It should get a good crowd during the summer. Inverness have a bit of a trickier draw. They've got to go to Spain Bridge to take on Loch Arbor, who are, are quite a good team. But uh, like you said, they're just holding a uh, shinty draw week after week after week, yeah. It's great to see because it means that we're getting close to actually coming back. So you know, day by day, little by little, we're inching towards the return of shinty. It's going to be Great. We talked about the importance of it last week. It's just going to be great to see it back for all the communities, all the people who play it, and for us to be able to go and report on Shinty again. It's been far too long. You can never have too much Shinty, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's a couple of more competitions they can draw. So, no, but it's great. It's great to see. It's another sign of um, one more step towards normality. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to a summer of sport, which includes Shinty too. Well, it's interesting because summer sport could potentially derail Thurso's season in the North Caledonian lead. If I go a little bit further north to the John O'Groat Journal, their manager, Stevie Reid, says he would actually have had no complaints if the North Cali League had been finished early, much like the Highland League was. They are planning on coming back. But even then, if the Caithness Summer League goes ahead, 
they might not actually play the rest of their games because the players are going to have other commitments. So it's an interesting one. We'll obviously know exactly how big summer football is up in Caithness. I mean, that will be their priority, I would imagine. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. If the, the summer football league up in Caithness does go ahead, I don't think there's been any confirmation that it is at the moment. Because, they, well, the North Caledonian League, they are still going to go ahead. They return on May the 29th when the season continues to June the 26th. But it will be a case of divided loyalties. Do they play for their North Caledonian League team or do they play for their summer amateur team? The amateur league doesn't tend to play on a Saturday, so it could come down to a case of whether players want to play two games within a week or not. But there will have to be a decision made. I think uh, Verso aren't the only club that's come out and said that they wouldn't have minded if the season had not been completed just because of the circumstances. But I'm glad that North Caledonia League's continuing. I'm sure a lot of people are too. But I can understand why Stevie Reid has said what he says because it's it's been a long wait. It's, you know, the, the league's been suspended since December. It, it's five months out of action. There might be a, a feeling of, should we just start all over again in August or September? Teams at the top of the table might argue against that, but <laughs> I understand why he said what he said. For what is worth, Stevie Reid did say if the North Cali League couldn't come back or if it wasn't going to come back, he'd have been quite happy for Inver Gordon to be named champions. So it's not a case of he wanted it to be null and void. It was just, I suppose, the practicalities of it. And like you say, it's going to feel like they're starting a whole new season and some teams will only have one or two games left to play. But it's great that there is going to be any games getting played at all. So I don't want to be too negative on that one. We love to see football coming back at more and more levels. But yeah, as you say, we can understand that. Yeah, I've got pages to fill in May and June. I'm all for this North Caledonia <laughs> coming back. <laughs> Priorities. Can't even argue with it. <laughs> well, we've talked about something that's in the John O'Groat Journal. So let's go along to the Northern Scot as well. As you might expect, there's a decent amount of focus on Elgin City. It's, it's a huge game for them this weekend against Albion Rovers. They haven't had the best results in their last couple of matches, but if they, I think, get a point at least, they will guarantee themselves a top half finish when League Two splits, which is just a very strange thing for me to be saying that League Two is going to split into a top half and bottom half, but that's what the pandemic has done to us. And Gavin Price is trying to keep everybody as positive as possible about, I suppose, the match, getting into the top half and the split, and also the promotion chances, because we've talked about it before in the podcast, Elgin might go up this season. I know for the first time, they've always been stuck in the bottom division of the SPFL, but this is their best of our chance as far as I'm concerned. They should make the playoffs, and uh, I'd give them every chance of going up to League One. Hopefully there will also be playoffs between League Two and the Highland League and the Lowland League. I wasn't very impressed with the SPFL press release saying that they couldn't fix the dates for the League Two and Highland League and Lowland League playoffs, saying that they had some issues with the pyramid system this season. I nearly spilt my tea when I read what the actual wording was. The press release basically said that the SPFL wanted to consider the eligibility of Brewer Rangers and Kelty Hearts actually being promoted to League Two. Now, as far as I'm aware, they're both full SFA members, which makes them eligible for promotion. It's the reason why in a normal Scottish Cup year, they don't take part in the preliminary round stages and they go into the first round. 
The only reason I think they are going to take issue with is, have you played enough games to actually be considered champions? Now, I really feel for the Highland League and the Lowland League, they followed everything by the book. Don't get me wrong, was it ridiculous to crown Broader Rangers champions after three games? Yes. Yes, it was. They said that themselves. Exactly. Stephen Mackay said he was embarrassed by it a wee bit. But given what happened last season, when the Broder had played 26 games, uh, the playoff chance was taken away from them. I was quite vocal saying the whole league system should have been reconstructed. I left me sick in the stomach a wee bit about how the way it went about. So I, I really hope they're not denied the chance again. And if it's due to the number of games they played, oh, I just hope Broder and Kelty go to war. Yeah, not, not with each other, it should be said. Not with each other, no. The joint forces and just make a stand. Because then what's the point of the pyramid system? It'll just basically show the SPFL have no regard for it. Funnily enough, Will, somebody else who shares a similar point of view to yours, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same, is Ross County manager John Hughes. He agreed that they shouldn't have been named champions, but now that they have been, he really hopes that the playoff can go ahead. And he's even been talking about what Brora getting into League Two would do for football in the Highlands. What I do, I'm a great believer in the pyramid system. I think a lot of clubs in Scotland were just drifting. And I think that there's a lot of um, investment into the Lowland League, and the Highland League, a lot of investment. And when you're putting that kind of investment, you want, and getting success, you want the opportunity to get around the table with the big boys. So I don't think they should have uh, announced it. But saying that, in Scottish football, there's self-preservation all over the place. And I really feel for Rora and Kelty. I hope it gets played. I really do. I hope that the match gets played and we can get an outcome. But yeah, I think if you're going to stop a league, then there shouldn't be a winner and loser. It would be great for Highland football. And over the years, the teams up here, you know, if you look at the success of the both teams up here, my own time at Inverness, the League Cup here, and I think it was 16-17, Absolutely fantastic. You, you would think that would never be achieved. So the Highland teams have got a massive part to play and if Broder could join the setup through the pyramid system and get in that setup, it would be fantastic. We've got a good relationship with Broder, you know, we're actually talking to them right now about uh, pre-season games and bounce games and if they would take one or two of our players on loan, younger ones and all that stuff. So everybody has to have that opportunity. If you're doing it right and putting that investment in and meeting the criteria, then there should not be any obstacles put in your way to join the league teams. And hopefully that is the case. That's what it comes down to really, isn't it? We're looking at it from Brora's point of view, probably more so than Kelty's. Brora might not go up. They might lose to Kelty in the playoff if and when that does happen. But it's all about having the opportunity to get up into the SPFL and not have a ceiling put on them unfairly. The SPFL press release mentioned that they have to be fair to the club that finishes bottom of League Two regarding all of this. Well, what about being fair to Broder Rangers and Kelty Hearts? We could leave it there, couldn't we? <laughs> Just be fair. That's, that's the one thing out of this. The SPFL have to be fair. They were not fair to either Broder Rangers or Kelty Hearts last season. If it was up to me... I would have null and voided the Highland League this season, but I would still would have nominated Brewer Rangers to go into the playoff, as with Kelty Hearts, because they were wrongly denied last season. So put it right. No problem with null and voiding this season, 
but you know, still put a club forward to take part in the playoffs. Do the right thing at the end of the day. Don't think I can add any more to that. So, yeah, I, I agree. That's a good point with me, Hendo. We've established this over the last few weeks of balls and whistles, to be fair. I, I should know better than to bring it up and encourage you to talk about it. But they, <laughs> given the playoff semi-final, I, I, between Broader Rangers and Kilty Hearts, they are two fantastic non-league teams. I couldn't call who would win that. I, I think that would probably go down to a penalty shootout. But I'd be quite confident whoever won that semi-final would beat what looks like is going to be Breakin City. So, yeah, I hope the games do go ahead because I think it'll be a fantastic spectacle as well. well. Fingers crossed they do. Obviously, we'll keep you all up to date on any announcements that are made and when the games do eventually go ahead. Hopefully, it won't be too much longer before we get some sort of announcement one way or the other. But for the time being, we're just going to have to wait and see, unfortunately. We're pretty much at the end of the episode, Well, I think the only other thing I would have to mention is that Charlie Christie's column is back in the Inverness Courier this week, so go and check that one out. It was quite interesting, I thought, this time around, that he almost broke down some tactical thinking about why Callie Thistle can beat Dundee. It wasn't so much an overview of what a win would mean, it was this is how they might actually go about doing it. So I'd highly encourage people to go and give that a look. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about, Well, that you'd want to mention? It's really sad to hear about Sandy Scott uh, not uh, going to be taking part in the Walker Cup. Unfortunately, he suffered a wrist injury um, because it's fantastic what he's done in the amateur game. He's one of the top amateurs in the world, played at a major as well. But uh, hopefully he'll become professional soon. I think he's going to spend one more year at a university in America just to continue playing amateur golf. But it's only a matter of time before he becomes professional and follows in the footsteps of Oban's Robert McIntyre, who had a sensational performance at the Masters and is qualified for the tournament again next year. So hopefully uh, Sandy can follow in his footsteps. There's obviously such a huge association with Scotland and golf, and it's always great to see these guys go in and do well on the international stage. It would be even better if we had somebody actually from the Inverness-ish area like Sandy from there. Yeah, we've got Russell Knox as well, who's a fantastic golfer, but uh, they're holding their own on the international stage, so good inspiration. I've heard Sandy's younger brother's not too bad either. Yeah, we've done a few stories on him in the past, and never know, it might be a Walker Cup place in his future as well in the years to come, if he keeps going the way he is. Uh, in that case, Will, I do just want to give a, a quick shout-out to Health and Liftness, which is the podcast we talked about last week with Andy Dixon and Federica Stefani. They are hoping to launch the first proper episode on Monday, all being well. So keep your eyes peeled on the Inverness Courier and all the other Highland News and Media websites, social media feeds and the websites themselves. And go and listen to that if you want a few tips here or there about how to make the most of the gyms when they reopen, because that's not too far away either. I've sent in a question. Have you? Yeah, I have actually, yeah. I want to become an international uh, bodybuilder. So uh, I've asked them, how do I go about doing that? So I'll be looking forward to the response on Monday. There you go, it's something to listen out for. Yeah, to dream. <laughs> for the time being, if you want to get in touch with us and ask us a question, you can get in touch on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or at balls and whistles all written out at hnmedia.co.uk. I think that's it really isn't it buy a paper support local journalism until next time i've been andrew henderson have a good weekend thanks for listening <laughs>